Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin, the language nerd. I'm gonna skip the usual introduction and jump right into the topic today because I'm a little bit short on time. And today in the podcast, I want to clear up a very common misconception that exists among so many different language learners. And this misconception is around traveling abroad. I have met so many language learners, a lot, who believe that traveling abroad is a fantastic way to improve their level in whatever target language they're learning. And although that's true, there's no doubt about it. Traveling abroad is fantastic, it's amazing. There's a, there's a significant percentage of people who take this belief a little bit too far. A great example of this is yesterday, I posted a poll on my Facebook page asking if, they, if my audience thought it was a requirement to spend time abroad if they want to achieve a near native level in another language. And literally of the, I think it was 59 people who have replied so far, 73% of them said that, yeah, it's necessary. If you wanna have a near native language in a foreign language, you must travel abroad and spend time in a country that speaks the language you're trying to learn. And that's just false. That's not true. The fact of the matter is this, Traveling abroad is amazing. Let's start there. It's epic. It can help your level go from like here. I wish you could see my hand. I'm indicating like really close to the ground all the way to up here. I put my hand really high in the air. Like you can make, you can make a significant jump in a very short period of time by traveling abroad and taking advantage of the experience. This is because when you are abroad, when you're in a country that speaks your target language, you now have an infinite number of opportunities to, to, to engage with the target language you're trying to learn. For example, when I was in China, or when I went to Peru, or when I went to France, or when I went to India, when I went to different places to learn languages, I now have billions, and well, not billions, millions of people around me who I could potentially speak with and practice with and interact with, all the signs, the street signs, the store signs, the menus, everything around me is written in the target language. Everything I'm hearing, all the conversations is in the target language. The television's in the target language. Everything around me is now in the target language, therefore providing me with literally an infinite number of opportunities to engage and practice the language that I'm trying to learn. And so that's the great thing about traveling abroad. But here's the thing. For here's a couple things actually. Number one, for a lot of people, that infinite number of possibilities and opportunities is really overwhelming. I remember I met a person, actually I met lots of people like this, who literally travel abroad to learn another language, but there's like, oh my God, there's so much going on. This is stressful. I'm just gonna stay in my room. I'm not, I don't really, I'm too scared to go talk to people. This is really scary. There's like, where do I start? I don't wanna, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to create conversations. Really scary. <laughs> and so for a lot of people, that kind of experience is so overwhelming that even if they travel abroad, although they do improve, they only really got good at the things that they needed on a day-to-day -day basis to get through their whole experience abroad. I, weirdly enough, kind of fell into this trap to an extent the first time I went to China or rather, or rather the first month I was in China. I got really good at going into restaurants and ordering food, like asking if they had vegetarian food because I'm vegetarian, 
asking if I could get this with no meat, asking how much something costed, asking for the bill. Like I got, I got really, I could read, I could read the menus and figure out what I could eat, what I couldn't eat. Cause I memorized the characters for meat and fish and different things, right? And vegetable. So I got quite remarkably good, I would say in that first month, just at navigating my day-to-day -day scenarios and stuff that I needed on a daily basis. And a lot of people, when they travel abroad, that's literally all they really get to do. Literally, it's crazy. <laughs> Second of all, when people travel abroad, sometimes a lot of the people who are traveling abroad are very introverted. And what tends to happen is that they are just scared to go talk to people and get out there and they end up just staying at home. In addition to that, sometimes what they will do is they don't even know how to really get out there. I remember I knew a guy who, uh, who'd come to Canada. He'd come in, he's a young adult when he came. He wanted to, he was here for roughly a year or maybe a little bit less than a year, something like that, like 10, 11 months, something like that. And he'd come to Canada in order to improve his English. Now, when he came to Canada, he literally spent most of his time for the first like six months or something like that in his apartment. He didn't really leave the apartment. It was almost like a mini depression in a certain way because he didn't know where to, where to go. Like, how do you go and make friends? Where do you meet people? How do you even like, he lived in a specific part of the of my city where it was kind of like weird to get transit access to like get to pubs or bars or anywhere where there's a lot of people. So that's kind of awkward. His English wasn't that great. So we couldn't even communicate. Um, he had some troubles finding work. He's trying to find a job, but his English wasn't at a high enough level to find a job. He didn't know where to look for jobs. He's like, where do I do that? Like it was such a, and he's introverted to start with. And, and so like, it's just a whole challenging experience. It was just really hard for him. And it took him a, the, a, a huge, like literally the, mo the majority of the time when he was in Canada, he didn't really progress in English. It was probably the last three, four months when he finally got a job and figured things out that he's able to, you know, make some progress, but really like three, like literally 60, 70% of the time he was here, nothing happened. And so when he went back home, his level did not magically become super, super high. It was just moderately better, right? And so ultimately, I just wanna make sure that it's very crystal clear. Traveling abroad is not some kind of magical, magic bullet, not magical bullet, magic bullet. It's not some magic thing that suddenly you're like gonna be super fluent and this, that, the other thing. On top of that, you know, like I was, let's go back to the original question or the original topic, right? A lot of people that I've met, both in the poll that I posted yesterday, but even just face-to-face, -face, I've met people who just believe blindly that, yeah, traveling abroad is the only way you could really achieve a near native fluency. In other words, they believe you can only get so far by studying in your own country. And this just isn't true. It's just false as well, because we have the internet. I think once upon a time, that might've been true. There, there may have been some more truth to that statement, but now, right, we can interact with native speakers in so many different ways. Let's start in my city in a really, actually any city, on a really basic level, you could just take classes with a native or very advanced speaker. That is easy, whether it's locally in your, in your, in your city, whether it's taking online classes, whether it's you pay for some program, right, that gives you that interaction, Right? There's so many avenues that have now be become open to us and available to us because of the internet. We can interact with native speakers and advanced speakers without actually traveling abroad to the other country. We don't need to do that anymore. And so ultimately, 
you know, I think the big moral of the story here, and I think this is gonna be a shorter podcast because I don't really know what else to add after this one little note here, but ultimately the big, one of the big keys, right? When you're learning another language or trying to acquire another language is the interaction with the native or the with with native or advanced speakers. That is no question one of the keys to learning a language. I think you also need to make sure that this interaction is relatively speaking at your level. Like when I went to China for the first time, actually, here's a good example. Last night I was watching a, a Chinese drama and I wasn't able to understand a lot of it. It was just, and I wasn't really able to learn like a crazy amount from it because it was just so, the language they were using was so far above my level that it was almost like just gibberish. I was able to take some things away, but again, like it was just so far above my level that I was limited as to what I could actually absorb from that drama. So you have to make sure that even when you're talking to native speakers, even when you're uh, interacting with people and, and whatnot and content in the native language, it has to be relatively at your level to really maximize the benefit you get out of it. But that's a topic for another day. Ultimately, like the internet, we can now gain so much exposure and so much, I mean, I don't know, learning essentially, right? And interacting with the target language without actually getting up, without actually leaving our house. And so I just wanna make sure that's really clear. I wanna clear up this myth because of people, like literally 70, I couldn't believe it, 73% of the people yet in yesterday's poll responded yes. Like that's, that's bonkers crazy town in my mind. Like that's just not, it's just not real. So anyway, I'm gonna head out. There's nothing else I can really think about to say for this podcast episode. So wow, really, really short, 10 minutes. Um, well, I guess that's how today's episode went. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention and we will talk later. Bye for now.